Greetings and a good day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the 100 and, I don't know, 33rd, 32nd edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Perry. We're here talking about uh, your Toronto Blue Jays, who try as they might, uh, have to keep playing games. Uh, they had a few games that were good, and then they had a game that was bad. Uh, and that's that's what we're going to talk about. We're really going to break down this important mid-September matchup against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, we're relitigating the 2015 uh, American Championship Series. Uh, because this Royals team looks a lot like that Royals team in that it fucking pisses me off. Oh my god. At least yesterday they had the good sense to hit like a few home runs or something. But oh, god, the Royals are so bad. Also, the Blue Jays are bad. Sort of. They're bad this year. They might be better next year. One thing they will do next year uh, is have Marco Estrada in the fold. So that's probably going to be the number one thing we talk about, uh, about, about this week. We talk about Estrada, we'll talk about the rotation, we'll talk about all kinds of great stuff. Uh, and joining me, uh, as always... Uh, old Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, welcome, sir. It's right. good to speak with you again. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Sure. Sure, why not? <laughs> Whatever. i got nothing better uh, to do. There's not, nothing better to do, there's nothing better going on. Nothing better to talk about than uh, Marco Estrada, I guess. We'll see where we'll start and sure. presumably end. Uh, one year... Was it thirteen million dollars? That's what it was. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad chunk of change after uh, a bit of a rocky season. Uh, you know where he looked like all of the all of our worst fears come to life in some ways. In that he got hit hard, um, as one expects a guy who throws in his fashion to do. <laughs> but uh, then uh, now all has been well again. He has uh, righted the ship. It's a good time again to be Marco Estrada. It's a pinpoint. Command and control and and the Bugs Bunny changeup. So another year of Bugs Bunny changeups. I for one, am excited. Yeah, I, you know I, they would have had to go out and spend this kind of money on somebody on the free agent market basically if they had any hope of you know cobbling together a roster that they can try to convince people is going to be you know a real contending roster. Which they, it's it's not as far fetched I think as a lot of people think. But yeah, it, it, this is what they would have had to spend. They only have to spend it for one year. It's a guy who wants to be here. It's a guy they like. It's a guy who, you know, they know better than anybody what the hell happened in the middle of last year or sorry the middle of this year. Uh, he said at his press conference, I saw Ben Nicholson Smith tweeted that he said that like he had personal problems of some sort that have been resolved that were impacting him on the field in the middle of the season. Uh, maybe that has something to do with what was going on. I have I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, it seems like he was pretty good at the start. He had a real rough patch where, you know, if you look at the the Babips, they went completely haywire with you know even with runners on uh, with nobody on, but even with runners especially, uh, you know, he was just getting getting hit. And I don't know what that was all about. But you're right; it seems like he's righted the ship. And uh, well, this is what they're doing. This is what they this is what they do in this era of Toronto Blue Jays baseball. Basically, since the new front office came in, right? Like they are they are looking to. Can compete, and they. I think Mark Shapiro. I mean, we'll talk about this later. Had an uh, an interview with uh, with Jeff Blair and uh, Stephen Brunt uh, this week, and he really, you know, he was pretty blunt about a lot of things, which was interesting. Uh, but one of the things he said was that the way that this season turned out was within like the, the range of variation that you completely would have expected. So he, you know, they're they're going in with their eyes open about the fact that. Yeah, you got an old roster. You got guys who you kind of have to hope for health and hope for better performance from, uh, which I guess a lot of teams do. You know, the the, the margin for error is is thin everywhere, and then you know there's not a lot of teams that can 
withstand a lot of injuries and 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 be great still, but uh, they could do it better than the Jays did this year. And that's just sort of that's that's where they're at, where their depth is at, where their roster is at, and and so they go forward with this piece that, uh, as far as that sort of tepid project goes, which is obviously necessary, so they would say, to one, keep the fans and uh, uh, engaged and keep that whole thing going, and two, to you know not blow their brains out going to get big free agents making big trades out of their prospect pool because they're trying to build that up. Uh, in that sense, in, term, in, in service of that project, uh, this seems like a great move, I think. Absolutely. And he's really fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that, I, I mean... From a team building perspective, it's not a lot of risk. The whole there's no bad one year contracts, and <clears throat> the term is um, uh, or the whatever the the total is entirely manageable for a team with any payroll, let alone a team uh, with a, a generous payroll like the Blue Jays have. Um, but there, you know, you I, I think that you make a good point about it being within like the kind of expected outcomes. Where uh, yeah, the, the, every so often you 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 have to believe that that. Maybe a guy can get hit, or maybe he can lose a little something. Especially uh, pitches like changeups tend to be finicky, I think, in nature. Um, uh, you hear a lot of pitchers. I mean, obviously, maybe that's just changeup guys making excuses for themselves. But sometimes it just doesn't do what you want it to do, or you can't command it, or you can't get it over for strikes, and then you're left uh, hoping and praying with your, you know, 88 mile an hour fastball, and that if you flip a few curveballs in there, you'll be okay. But, well, uh, that, I mean, that's, I think, that, that's that cue ball fastball, though. There's, that's a little, you know, it's an interesting little pitch, apparently, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, the rising, I'm making the dick finger air quotes, uh, <laughs> nature of it. But, yeah, without the change up, obviously. Spin, um, yeah, the high, high spin. Yeah. They say it looks like a cue ball. It looks, it, it's, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, high spin. Uh, and, I mean, I say that, but, yeah, obviously, none of it works without all of it working. Yeah, so if the, chain, the change up is... You can't take away his changeup and expect anything out of him. You know, cue ball. Or it's not. true, but but I mean, I think I don't know if it was you or if it was um, if it was uh, Joan Carey who referred to the Blue Jays kind of the looks like the project or the plan for the rotation next year is kind of like a run it again. Like ah, it was really good in 2016, so why wouldn't it be good again in 2018? Um, again, if if the Blue Jays have watched Estrada closely and they are of the mind that his physically he's where he needs to be, his back is better, and he's not necessarily going to lose um, uh, anything next year, uh, you have to feel like the same is true of Hap, and then you've got the younger guys in Stroman and Sanchez. Um, there's a lot of lot to, lot to be hopeful for among the, the, the Blue Jays 2018 rotation. Uh, of course, the number one thing you're still hoping for is health, yeah. which is something that you can't control with all the reasonably priced contracts in the world. That uh, Sometimes... Guys blow their fingers apart, and the crappy baseballs damage the, their seasons. Or sometimes they blow their knee out on sprinkler heads. Like it's kind of the way it goes, right? <laughs> you know. But remarkably, you know, apart from Sanchez, I mean, obviously that changes what you know what we think about the Blue Jays and pitching health this year. I mean, that is just that's just a blister, not just a blister, but it's like nobody's arm is blown up. Like they really, they kind of have continued to have some pretty good health. You know, if you if you kind of put the Sanchez thing in your mind. Uh, in line with the like Strowman's knee injury uh, that just you know wasted that season for him in 2015 until the very end and um, and yeah I don't know there these are guys who seem to have pretty good track records uh, maybe not stretching back too far before they arrived in Toronto you know Jay Happ's had his problems in the past with injuries I think and uh, uh, but yeah he's been a horse lately and, and Estrada's been 
been you know fought through back pain and 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 really gone out there in spite of you know probably being in a lot of pain to do it uh there were starts where you know last year felt like uh he was he was kind of ginger about bending down to pick up the ball like it was it was a real thing and so uh if you have those guys who could go out and and give you a bunch of innings i think that's obviously you know valuable we we all i think will agree on that and and yeah, the the idea. I mean, any pitcher that you bring in, especially at the, any pitcher at any price, uh, is kind of a gamble, right? I mean, it, and, and and so obviously Estrada, there is a gamble there because of he the fact that he got hit this year. But who you know, if you find someone who's like better than him for that price, like how much better? And then how much do you have to go out and spend to get that guy as opposed to the guy who wants to be here and is like, here, just sign me to a one-year contract. I'd like to be a part of this. I'll make your lives as easy as possible. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, maybe they could go out and get a guy who had an even better year this year, uh, like R.A. Dickey, for example. Uh, but I don't know, having Estrada is almost as good. I tend to agree. I, 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 at first, I thought maybe you were being a little unfair to Jay Happ because I don't remember him having too many injuries. Of course, the most notable one was when he was hit in the head yeah. of the drive, yeah. right? That he missed a chunk of time that season. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, your point about it about the team, uh, the, the rotation having suffered from injuries, but then being a little bit more of a freak and not a um, structural. Yeah. Uh, the structural nature. I think that's a good one to point out. A good one to to, to make. And I mean, you only have to look as far as. The, the the Blue Jays' opponent in the 2015 World Series, that was, of course, since abdicated by the Kansas City Royals, the Mets, right? The Mets rotation has been decimated by injuries, but not just injuries. Like, Matt Harvey is not himself. Yeah. Right? Matt Harvey is... is there is Now there are non-tender discussions about Matt Harvey, who looked like... Hey, you know, sign everything. him up, Jays. Let's go. Give him oh, that. No, he's so bad. He's but, so bad. Uh, he'll pitch in Buffalo. Don't worry. He'll pitch in Buffalo. Okay, fine. So, yeah, the Mets non-tender Matt Harvey and the Jays are going to swoop in and sign him. But, I mean, Harvey and then Zach Wheeler, uh, of course, who has just been, like, struggling to get back from injuries. Yeah. Uh, even, you know, uh, Syndergaard has barely pitched this year. His Steven, Steven Matz has been down a lot. He's had a lot of time. Because he sucks. Like, let's be honest. Both him and Wheeler are, like, super overrated. But but that I would – who would you rather be at this point in terms of really uh, uh, rotation health-wise? Jays coming off like a legendary season of 2016 where they were like unnaturally healthy. The Mets had a similar thing in 2015, but but uh, but the Mets rotation is in tatters now because these guys have missed so much, so much time. And uh, oh well, Zach Wheeler has pitched a, a bunch this year. Um, he's just been so bad, nobody pretty... really noticed. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, you, he's you, been very bad. You obviously, I mean, I think it. It if you'd have told anybody this. A couple years ago, or even a year ago, and told them told the, the, the names of the guys in the Blue Jays rotation. And we're like, oh yeah, definitely would I would take the Blue Jays rotation over the Mets. You'd, you'd, they'd look at you like you're crazy, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's not in a bad spot. It's not what Cleveland's doing, or it's not it's not on the par on the level of. And I've I've written this a couple times. You know, they're not going to be World Series favorites coming out of spring, um, but there's some real solid building blocks there. Absolutely, and, and I think that uh, not to evoke the name of a, of a World Series favorite, but rather than compare them to Cleveland, which that comparison is natural, given the there's been a lot of those written a lot this week. Like, uh, hey, I, I don't know if you wrote something similar, but like, look at how good Cleveland is. That bodes well if you're a Blue Jays fan, oh, which is undeniable. Yeah, Cam, again, Cam wrote a thing like that for, uh, for Cam Blue wrote a thing Nation. like that. I think 
there's somebody on somebody I wrote something on the score as well. So read both of those. Um, read, but the other don't read the fucking score. Okay, fair enough. Good, pe- uh, <laughs> good, good people there. Good people there. But please don't support their work. No. <laughs> <laughs> the point, the, the example I will make, and it and it will come back to comments that was made made that were made by Mark Shapiro uh, that are relating to depth, and that is the Dodgers. Look at what the Dodgers have done with their rotation. Uh, you know, people uh, people love to rotation health is often a a shortcut to success because if you front load your team and you got four or five good starters and they all stay healthy, you could be like the 2016 Blue Jays where you can make the playoffs on the strength of that rotation. But the Dodgers, who you know were world beaters before they just completely stopped remembering how to do anything correctly, they have had a whole host of guys tow the rubber or, or take the mound as starters uh, this year. Let me just pull it up real quick. They have sent 10 different guys to make to make at least one start. Ross Stripling, who has only made one, and he's a really effective pitcher, but they've got, you know, Brandon McCarthy's only made 16 starts. They've got Rich Hill, who's made 20, 23. Yenjin Ryu, who's made 22. You know, Katamayan has made 24. Even, you know, Christian's only made 25. Alex Wood's made 24. So you've got guys with some risk in there, but they've layered in. They've built their team with that understanding. And that sounds like Shapiro, who despite having a team, uh, despite having a pretty, you know, set kind of top four, uh, he wants to go down a similar road uh, with having eight or nine guys come to camp who could buy for rotations. And I know you touched on this, right, I, I believe, or uh, it's commonly touched upon you know, with the kind of names that we've seen bandied about, if it's Tom Kohler or uh, Brett Anderson, who of course got shelled uh, last night, but that does not change his status as a potential guy to come up next year. Uh, I mean, the, the list goes on. Perhaps you can continue the list for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, they traded for Tom Pannone this, uh, in the Joe Smith deal. They have Ryan Barucki, who's there. And, you know, that's... Okay, so now we're, we're up to eight, though Kohler is a, a non-tender candidate. I think he makes like $5.75 uh, this year, almost $6 million. And, you know, he had a bad year, so he won't get much of a raise. But it's, it's pretty tough to not get a raise or not at least stay static in uh, arbitration. So... <laughs> He's looking at more money than he's probably worth, and, and uh, more money than than the Jays probably would be willing to spend on a guy who is going to be in the conversation for like their seventh or eighth starter, maybe maybe fifth or sixth. I don't know, but yeah, Anderson obviously is a free agent, um, but I think the organization has done well by him, and maybe uh, if that doesn't necessarily pan out in terms of what happens to him next year. Uh, Perhaps it at least looks good to other guys who will be like, "Oh, all right, well, you know, this is a place that they'll give us. They will give us an opportunity." That's what they did with Laytotes, uh, where it seemed like they, you know, promises were made. Like you're going to be the if you sign here, you're going to be the first guy called up. Like uh, we know you don't want to take a minor league deal, but guess what, buddy? There's there's nothing out, else out there for you right now. Uh, and sort of positioning themselves as a team like that. May, and, and you know what? It's almost. Uh, like Buffalo being so close, it's that maybe even helps them a little bit in that regard too. And it's you know Buffalo, it's a really it's a great situation. You know, uh, we're quick to run down, or I am quick to run down the previous regime whenever possible, just uh, just because for many reasons, largely to do with being a contrarian and being the fact the fact that you know they became such golden boys uh, after those 2015 trades of maybe and and maybe uh, a lot of the, the other history. It became revised in the wake of that, but but anyway, they they did a wonderful, amazing thing in linking back up or linking up with Buffalo, getting rid of fucking Las Vegas and having, you know, it's not just a, it's not Las Vegas, it's not a shitty park 
in the damn desert where like with you know nobody coming out or the people going and getting baked in the sun and uh you know it's a nice little park we've I, we've talked on here before about about uh buffalo being all right and I, I don't know it's a good situation too but so that's kind of the carrot that they have for uh a bunch of these guys as maybe next year is the fact that hey if things go sideways on us there's going to be trades, and so you're going to get a couple months at the end of the year in the bigs, probably, uh, or potentially, who, uh, it, which, you know, leading into somebody's walk year, you know, they'll all be minor league free agents, so maybe, uh, maybe that's a selling point for them, too. I don't know, but I think they're trying to build in ways to, to do that, because that's what they found has been so fucking difficult. That's why we saw Matt Latos and Casey Lawrence this year, and whatever other scrubs they've, uh, they've gone to, because guys could be starters somewhere are going to take the big league money and the big league opportunities. So getting, you know, uh, wooing a Brett Anderson, uh, picking up a Tom Kohler, even if you maybe don't like that uh, that salary, maybe uh, maybe there's something you can do with him there, like uh, non-tender him and then try to get him back. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, that does seem like that's where they're that's where they're headed. Panone and Barucki are a little uh, are that it's a little early probably to think of them as coming in and and. Uh, contributing at the big league level, but they're not that far away. They'll probably start in Buffalo, and if they do well there, who knows? I'm going through. I mean, I also think it's just also a reflection of the way that baseball works, though. I've just been kind of, while you were talking there, uh, I was... I gave you I, I gave was, you a few minutes to do some research. I hope there's... there's well, I did some research. I also ran over. I had, to, I had to close the closet door. The, I don't know if people <laughs> probably could hear it. The, the, the washing machine was running in the background. Ah. Um, so I had to close that to shut that sound out. But... Uh, uh, looking for teams that have had a relatively uh, small number of starting pitchers go this year. Uh, Colorado's only used eight, which is, um, you know, unusual in that they're the Rockies. And, uh, you know, they tend to change pitchers like people. People change their socks, but they've been a little bit uh, lucky on the health side. The Diamondbacks, who are, you know, having a bit of an out-of-nowhere season, who have been really good. Uh, they've used, uh, you know, 11 different starters. Cleveland even, Cleveland has been one of the healthiest um teams around they've only used seven right they've used seven guys but even instead even that that means they're, they're they've used they've got six guys with at least 17 starts right so you need that depth i mean they the i believe the number that that a guy like uh, i think jeff sullivan came up last year was basically uh your sixth starter whomever it is even if you kind of compile it those guys make about 30 starts a year the average team gets 30 starts from guys who are outside of their 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 five you know rotation uh, pitcher so you need to build your team that way and uh that's something that that shapiro that's his job right and that's something that he sort of said that i think a lot of us miss out on a lot of the time especially when we start roster baiting and, and making fake trades and signing guys and doing this and doing that is like they have to build a complete team of beyond the 25 man roster beyond the 40 man roster the you know, with 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 plans and contingencies in place and say like this is what happens at AAA and then that's how this will impact AA and all the way up and through and who's got helium and uh, it's a big job that's why they make the big bucks and they get the cool standing desks but uh, but uh, there's when when you have a competent core at the big league level it really makes it makes that job uh, that much easier I think I think you can look at like a, t- a team such as the Orioles who are uh, terrible right they're so bad and their pitching has been so bad. They've gotten such dog shit from Tillman and from Jimenez, and then they traded for Jeremy Hellickson, and he's been dog shit too. Uh, I would not want to, st- to be starting with that as my, as the uh, you know my foundation and of trying to build a team around it because you need to have 
good and or effective pitching uh, in any way, however however it comes to you. If it's Clayton Kershaw and a cast of injured veterans, if it's, you know, if you have or Kluber and then a bunch of guys who are like amazing number twos, whatever it is, uh, you, you got to get you got to get 162 starts out of your team somehow. And uh, this seems the Blue Jays seem to have a pretty keen sense of how they want to go about it. Yeah, I think so. Biagini is right? another name I didn't I didn't use. He'll be in that next too. You think so? Eh? I don't know how I feel about that. I well, it has not gone well. Um, but I don't know. It seems like he has the arsenal that he should be able to do it. I, I think they're going to come to camp with a bunch of guys who uh, can do that. And it, honestly, I, I don't I, like. It's weird. I'm like, if if Kohler is isn't if Kohler is tendered a contract, it might be his job to lose because he has no options. And I don't. People are like, oh, he should be in the bullpen. He should be a swing man. It's like, are you really going to waste that roster spot on him? Like, he should sort of start or not. Um, Biagini does have options, and he's maybe a guy where, with the emergence of some of the guys uh, in the bullpen a little bit, maybe you don't need him as much back there. Maybe you can say, hey, you're going to go, if you don't make the fifth spot out of the, out of the camp, you can go to Buffalo and keep starting. And, and that could be the, the way that they handle, them, handle him. Uh because even though he's been a really effective reliever, it seems like you know enough guys are emerging, and, and they could probably bring in a couple cheap flyers like they did this year with you know Smith and uh, J.P. Howell. Though obviously that <laughs> did not work, uh, they'll probably do something like that, and maybe can can really commit to be a genie as a starter, uh, knowing that eventually they can fall back into having him go out of the bullpen too. But yeah, it's not like it's not like his results as a starter this year have been encouraging. Is the only other thing. no. Uh, I'm not one who would be keen to potentially lose an asset if you view Kohler that way in the service of keeping Biagini in one set role. If you have a both around and you're like, all right, fellas, go see who can win this job or what, where are you best suited and what can you do for us? Uh, that's okay, but there's nothing that Biagini has shown to me. He had one good start a little bit. Um, like He had one really good start where he went deep in the game. But uh, to me, he seems like a guy who's always going to struggle to turn over a lineup, and I don't. Yeah. And maybe, maybe the maybe the, the the splits don't bear that out. But that's how it feels to me. Maybe. Yeah, so let me take a look. Maybe they go with a, maybe they go with a four man rotation. Then how about that? Yeah, that sounds like a terrific idea. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're you building. Know, in, got... They're building in more off days. <laughs> the the new CBA is going to come into effect. They're starting the the year early. Uh, gonna build in off days. They're gonna they might fuck up the fucking Montreal thing by starting the starting a year early, or force the team to go to Montreal the weekend before the season starts, fly back to Tampa, play a couple games there, and then go home for the uh, for opening day. Uh, but yeah, building in off off days. It's time. It's time. All those crazy people, all those years, all those. Clueless folks saying, "Yeah, go just just have a four man rotation or have a six man rotation, whatever. Who cares? Uh, it's time. Let's start thinking about that." I think it's worth thinking about. No, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you if you had a bunch of Biagini, so maybe you want to, maybe that's that is you know how you look at it. If you've got, if you want to use Biagini and Kohler and whomever else as as your swing men, uh, Matt, maybe Matt Dermody fits into that equation as well, rather than kind of relegating them to lefty-only duty or one-inning duty. Be like, you three are going to be our swing guys, and you're going to um, guide us through the fifth day or through the days when somebody leaves the game because they got a blister or because they've thrown their back out or whatever it might be. Um, uh, you know, that 
maybe, but that just seems really <laughs> I think so too. But I mean, the 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 ten day DL has changed things a bit. The way that the Jays are are you know so I mean, and everybody is so uh, quick to option guys and guys who have options to just exploit that for all that it's worth, cycling them up and down, uh, going through them that way. I mean. Uh, and, and also what uh, Ross Atkins was saying the other week about you know what he views as the ideal player, which is kind of you know he was speaking of, about uh, Jose Ramirez and Marwan Gonzalez and guys like that, Ben Zobrist. You know they have Lourdes Gurriel, who they you know if he gets enough damn reps because he missed so much of this year to you know make them feel that he's comfortable enough at the plate and ready to contribute at the big league level. There's kind of a guy like that who can cover enough positions that maybe you know you think about you know their bench has been so short anyway, but if you have some versatility there. Which is you know, a long-term goal that they've stated. Uh, yeah, let's. We'll, we'll, we're going to see the days of the fourteen-man pitching staff or shit like that. I don't know. We're definitely going to see those days. We're definitely going to see the days of the fourteen-man uh, pitching staff. We're definitely going to see the days of the uh, uh, with the extended pitching staff, where guys are just. We already have seen those days. We are in yeah. those days. Where yeah. Guys are just cycled through and cycled through and cycled through, and uh, it's crazy to think that you don't. Um, you know the benches are going to get that much shorter because because <laughs> they're pretty you know, fucking it, short as it is. Yeah, and it puts a lot of demands on the the um, what are they called? Um, uh, you know the utility guys, as you said, the yeah. Ross Atkins is sort of like pet players and Gurriel. Or I mean, I'm watching this Dodgers game today, and you're seeing it. Uh, Chris Taylor, right? Chris Taylor is a guy who, you know, goes from center field to play shortstop. And then Cody Bellinger goes in first place to play center field because of uh, an injury or uh, whatever. Justin Turner left the game. But those are the guys that they just, it's its so valuable. If you can if you can at least just even fake it. And this is another sort of. It's like, um, like future Blue Jay Jason Kipnis. So exactly, perhaps. <laughs> but what which game was I watching? It might have been Kluber's last start. And... Uh, the way that the game has gone, there were was it Kluber? Might have been Kluber. Somebody had they they, they the starter was really good. May have struck out like thirteen guys, um, and then because of the way that the swings are, it was all fly balls. There were in this entire game for one team, there were four. It was yeah, it was Cleveland against it was against Seattle. There were four balls that were hit on the infield, two of which were hit to the pitcher. So they were weak little number comebackers. So there were two balls in play for the infield. So maybe, just maybe. The state of baseball now suggests that guys who can be a star, uh, an outstart, or a, a, an upstart, and really good at, at short or third or whatever, maybe the, the the value of that amazing infield defense, especially at a non-shortstop position, is n- almost nil. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I maybe I'm I've, I'm now flying in the face of defense matters, but I mean obviously <laughs> when you've got when you've got Stroman on the mound, you want to have your best. Um, you, you want to? You don't want Donaldson at shortstop, perhaps? No, but every other day. Well, maybe not. Maybe not Sanchez. We'll see. But uh, I, I mean, if any time yeah. Estrada starts, you could put you could put Estrada. You could put uh, you could put Bautista at shortstop, and and Donaldson at second, and Russ Martin at third, and God only knows you could do whatever you want because those those balls they're just not in play like they used to be. Because um, I've cited an extreme example, which you <laughs> served my point yeah. well. But, um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, just having that flexibility kind of trumps the, the, the mastery of the position. Well, that, so, the flexibility, that's, that's how Bautista's going to sell himself next year uh, when he's a free agent. Gonna have, 
He can play third. Apparently, we can have him play on shortstop if the right guy's on the mound. I'm here. I'm here for that. <laughs> uh, that's a great idea. I don't know who had it, but... Uh... Oh, wait, it was me, like, a moment ago. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, I don't know. Just uh, just something to think about. Uh, I don't know. Is, is there anything else that uh, jumps out of you from, from Mark Shapiro's recent comments? Was there anything that... Uh, you... you, you you and I don't think you were alone. I think Dow Steve actually mentioned this at uh, on Twitter. Was it felt a little bit like Mark Shapiro was yelling at Alex Anthopoulos, like through the ether and through time? <laughs> there was there was a bit of that. There was a little bit of that. I honestly I listened to it. I kind of uh, I did not devote my full attention, maybe necessarily to it. I still have, I'm going to transcribe it. I think and do a thing about it at some point today. Um, but yeah, he he definitely. See, he just he seemed like he was not in a great mood, which I like. I I said off air. I'm like it was like subtly perceptible, but but perceptible. Uh, I don't know if that was because he couldn't get out of a scheduled radio thing on the day that like like as the Estrada stuff was leaking and you know they didn't have an official announcement to make and he had to maybe that that was enough to piss him off. I I don't know, but it, it like I he wasn't like angry angry, but he definitely. Uh, was blunt in a lot of ways, like I mentioned earlier uh, about the variance that could have been expected uh, in terms of the team's performance. Uh, and yeah, he de- he talked about you know the hand that he was dealt a bit, which you know is a thing that obviously fans all understand and know about in the the uh, the prospect trades. I saw a bunch of Twitter uh, chatter about that and about uh, you know looking at and I think the Dallas team tweeted this as well, like looking at what the guys the Jays traded away have done this year, which is not a whole lot. Uh, which uh, I think point being, you know, Shapiro probably <laughs> shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be dragging the, his predecessor quite so much uh, about these particular guys. Though my counter to that was, uh, I am sure Mark Shapiro feels that he would have uh, developed those guys better, not rushed them to the big leagues as quickly as maybe they were in you know Hoffman in Colorado, Dan Norris in, in uh, Detroit. Uh, you know, would have. He believes in his own player development. Actually, the one the one thing that really stuck out to me about that interview was that he talked in player development speak and used the physically fund uh, physically mentally fundamentally uh, those those three sort of uh, points on the triangle of player development uh, that come straight out of John Farrell's quote that I used earlier. Uh, I think the last time I wrote I wrote about Shapiro on the. Uh, uh, doing a radio interview, uh, or maybe Atkinson, but the quote that I called the most important of the last decade of you know trying to understand the Blue Jays front office was Farrell shitting on Anthopoulos for it being the Jays being just a player development or, or just a scouting based organization where you look at tools and it stops there. Uh, it just I mean that's maybe that's only interesting to me, but it always strikes me as as odd when Shapiro or Atkins use that exact same Farrell speak that people got so upset about at the time when he was shitting on Anthopolis or somebody and some also you know people who at that point like to pretend they didn't hate Anthopolis for a really long time uh there was a huge group of people that did as well uh and glommed on to what Farrell had to say and and, and I remember you know I remember writing about that at the time uh and getting pushback for being like yeah maybe Farrell has something here because because a lot of people didn't want to hear it a lot of people did but anyway I thought that was I thought that was interesting it always interests me how how much overlap there is, how John Farrell won that battle ultimately, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was an interesting Shapiro interview. Um, I wish I could say more, but I, I got to give it a real once-over uh, once we're done this. I think that the point 
is well taken. That yeah, say if if you wanted to like na- to to highlight the say three players in particular that were traded in twenty fifteen, you want to look at you want to look at uh, at Matt Boyd, you want to look at Dan Norris, and you want to look at Jeff Hoffman. Those guys, the chances are, they none of them would necessarily have usurped any of the guys currently in place. True. Right. Right, so the only the only difference would be maybe if you have all three of those guys, do you sign Jay Hat? Right. And then again, then maybe the next question is: Do if you have all three of those guys, do you uh, re-sign Marco Estrada twice? Uh, I don't know that you do, but if even if you don't take those players out of the equation because they aren't preventing you from doing any of the, the preceding things, because the, the only things you had gave up to get Hat and Estrada was money. And none of those, none of Hoffman and and Norris and Boyd make any money. So if if anything, largely those guys would be like depth pieces. They would be guys who would have maybe slot, slotted in as a fifth starter. Maybe we don't have we weren't we don't just talk about Biagini as the fifth starter because you you have Hoffman and Boyd or Boyd in particular is maybe more the fifth starter type, and then Hoffman and Norris kind of figuring out who they are now. Obviously, Hoffman's performance—you can always chalk almost any of that up to just being in Colorado, mm-hmm. right? The, just the fact that 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 there is such a risk, and, and you have to, the Rockies believe that they have sort of highlighted the skill set that might play better in that ballpark, but it still is that ballpark. It's still enormous. It's still what it is. So maybe Hoffman's a better fit. Maybe the Blue Jays, maybe the Blue Jays somehow figured out how to develop Dan Norris, even though they didn't know how to do it the first time, and the, and the Tigers don't know how to do it either. So maybe the problem is maybe a little bit more around Dan Norris <laughs> and uh, his ability to get over the hump, um, which is kind of the thing that you, we used to hear whispers and grumblings about with the Blue Jays, who were kind of fed up, not sure that he was going to be able to do what they hoped he could do, which is why they maybe traded him. Uh, and then that boy is just kind of like, he's a good depth, depth guy. He, he would be great to have. Because he, he, if anything, every start that Matt Boyd would have made as a Blue Jay would be one less than like Matt Latos made, and uh, whoever else that have that have have littered the uh, the bottom rungs of the of the starting pitching depth chart in that time. But I don't know. I, I think that their performance may at least some to desire. But but I can see why you would long to have higher ceiling, cost controlled starting pitchers in your midst rather than dumpster diving and. And being like, maybe Brett Anderson will be good next year. Like that's that's no way to live, frankly. <laughs> I mean, it's nice. It is. It could yeah. be worse. It, you could be the Orioles. You could be be like, well, there's only another year left on this Ubaldo Jimenez contract, and <laughs> man, Chris Tillman is fucking awful. But but it would be nice to have those, and and clearly that's something that uh, Mark Shapiro values. Uh, myself personally, I value the fucking playoffs and how the Blue Jays made it there and were like one game away from the World Series, two games away from being in the World Series until they lost improbably to the stupid fucking Royals. Uh, that, uh, fuck it, uh, traded a hundred Jeff Hoffmans and a dozen Dan Norris's for that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not Mark Shapiro. I um, have joy in my life. So, yeah, uh, it's... <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. And, I mean, Shapiro is... It's, uh, it, it, he, it's such a unique position because it fucked him, right? I mean, he came in, he was going to be able to do whatever he wanted, and now it just, you know, it, it instantly has made him the bad guy no matter what he does. Uh, and yet he can't, you know, it's the success of his team. It's, it's, it's done so much great for him in terms of, you know, what the attendance has done, what all, what all of this has done. But it just, it really, it, it, it has been an obstacle 
in the weirdest way because they made the fucking playoffs and nobody can say anything bad about that. It was fucking great. Um, but yeah, and I, I think if you look at the the specific guys traded uh, to the point that you know they haven't done much, I think you you know you make a lot of great points. I think the ripple effect probably goes even deeper than you touched on, right? I think that like you know some of like some of the transactions they've you know what maybe you can trade Joe Smith for something else if you if you have those cost controlled starters right, already there, and then you could you, you it's just a an aspect of the depth you're trying to build that you don't have to think about as much. Maybe you can save that money that you paid to Matt Latos and uh, find a backup catcher who isn't fucking dog shit. Which I mean I know catchers are dog shit, but it really is. I looked at the the I think that's it. It's like 260 plate appearances for Olman, Miley, Montero, and the other guy, whoever the fuck it was, somebody else who's been bad. Uh, not Rafi Lopez, but somebody else because they've had a billion catchers back there this year. Salton Lamacchia. Mm-hmm. And mine is a negative two wins above replacement. Two wins below replacement over like 250 plate appearances. Um, you know, maybe you could have done something a little bit more about that. Or maybe, you, uh, you know... I'm being kind to the notion that there's something wrong with those trades because you're right, 100 Jeff Hoffman's for that 2015-2016 run uh, any day of the week. But uh, but yeah, I understand why Shapiro, looking at it objectively, looking at it as you know, as somebody who, unlike Anthopolis and Beeston at the time, uh, didn't already have a foot out the door and actually had to think more about you know the future because it was as much as it was wonderful and it was great and it worked out beautifully and made sense based on the Pythagorean record and shit like that. I mean, people, people would have embraced the, the Pythag for, you know, for though because of those trades and because of, because of what it said, who I'm sure would have shit all over anybody talking about that kind of stuff uh, in other scenarios, trying to make it sound like, you know, John Gibbons is better than he is or, you know, using the Pythagorean record for other things. Uh, no go, but when it when it all worked, when it all brought in those guys, uh, it just it it, it really uh, it changed everything. But it was it was a fucking it was a fucking huge gamble. I, I completely understand why uh, an outsider's perspective would be like, holy shit, you guys really did that, eh? Fuck. Uh, I think Alex Anthopoulos deserves a lot of credit for um, doing that in a way because that's ballsy. <laughs> it was. I'd be like, well, I'm out. Like just going out like uh, like the guy in half baked, like just like fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. We're going for it, and then I'm out. Like that to me is great. I mean, uh, I would, I would, I would say I'd like to say that because I am too harsh on Anthopolis in the revisionist kind of way. Sometimes I fear, but I mean, the whole Dan Duquette thing had already happened. Like they were bringing in a baseball ops guy over his head anyway. So you know, if he had done that. At the expense of his job security, I think it would have been a little more ballsy than doing it when it looked like he was on his way out unless exactly what happened happened, and even then he was still on his way out. No, I think I'm ready to give him credit. I think <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. I'm there for it. I think it's great. Um, because, I mean, I think a lot of us, the people listening, frankly, are probably too young to remember that Pat Gillick, the sainted and anointed one, uh, was loath for a lot of his time in Toronto. He was stand pat. Yep. Right? He never made any trades. He never did anything. And the only trade he did um, only looks good with the benefit of uh, success that came afterwards that may or may not have added up to the success that the trade added. Uh, I don't want to give away 
future content ideas or <laughs> offerings, but I'm just right. saying, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, winning cures all ills, right? And if you do, when you don't win, you start looking around being like, oh man, it sure would be nice to have Jeff Hoffman. I mean, if Jeff Hoffman was pitching better this year, that's a lot easier. It's a lot more you're like, yeah, yeah, that sucks. You know, if, if he's pitching well while the Jays are running out Matt Latos and Tom Kohler and with whoever behind the plate and Jared Saltalamaki. Poor Saltalamaki. He, he was so bad in that time with the Jays. He actually drags that entire group of catchers like so far down. Um, <laughs> it's true. With in, in like no time, he was he was real bad. He was so bad. One of the worst uh, players to ever like one of the worst performances. Not worst players. He had a fine career, and it, even though it looks like it's over, he's already doing TV. Yeah. <laughs> and so stuff. I think but, that's about uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was one of the worst stints. Of any player ever to wear the Blue Jays uniform, because he was like what he was like zero for twenty five or something like that. Something they won in single, yeah. struck out like fifteen times. I don't know. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was insane how bad he was. The poor guy. Yeah. Um. I don't know. We're I, there's one more thing we'll talk about real quick, sure. and then, uh, unfortunately, this is probably going to lead to a larger discussion. But I was, I'm hoping for it to be a little on the quick side, but it doesn't need to be. And it's a lot. The other talk, the other big topic of discussion that's going to be from now until the day that something changes is Josh Donaldson. What to do with Josh Donaldson? Oh my God! Are the Jays going to trade Josh Donaldson this winter? Every every day, between now and the end of the winter meetings, there's going to be a Josh Donaldson rumor. There's going to be a, jo- jo- a decision that needs to be made if they decide to resign him because they're not going to let him walk. There's no way that it's just like thanks for your service, Josh Donaldson. We'll take pay. We'll take a, a a draft pick in exchange for you know a seven win player every year, year in and year out, because that is not a good exchange of goods for services. No. So. They might though. What Just do let they him do? Walk? What, do they, what do they do? What do they do if they're if you know if things go well next year? What do they do? You can here's still try to con- extend them in the middle of the year, I guess. But here's my my half baked idea that I was considering. I was maybe going to write it up, but that those things happen so few and far between these days. There, the re the there is a as good a reason to re-sign him or extend him now. And they're the reason, the outside factors that would maybe make re-signing Josh Donaldson more attractive is the ascent of Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. If their, if their path to the big leagues was a little bit slower, if they weren't like raking obnoxiously at every single level, playing way, you know, way over in terms of age and, and, and in terms of showing the ability to hit advanced pitching, no matter where they go, if they weren't doing that, I would say, you know, they could still be great prospects. But if, but if, if they had both finished the year in Lansing, and with like mediocre numbers, that's one thing. But the fact that they were able to move up and hit in the in the pitchers' league, to me, says they're that much closer to being ready. And as I've said before, based on nothing other than the fact that I really want it to happen, I think Bobichet will be up at, at minimum playing second base at times next year. With those two ready to step in, the next good Blue Jays team is not so far away, mm-hmm. and so it's not a matter of like is. So the question the, is: Would Josh Donaldson be a part of the next good Blue Jays team? The answer to me is still yes, because he is so good, and because we've seen him come back from being injured, being officially injured and unofficially injured, and destroying the baseball for a month straight, and making the Twins wish they were dead, uh, which is something that I'm always uh, here to support. Because there are there are and or there should be any doubts about Josh Donaldson's performance, even though it may slow with time. 
I think he can still be a part of the next good Blue Jays team because I don't think the next good Blue Jays team is that far away. I don't know, or maybe I don't care, wouldn't necessarily presume that, that, that those two guys are going to help the 2018 Blue Jays, but I wouldn't, uh, I'm not ready to rule that out. Where if they were still in, at low A, or if they had scuffled at all, other than like a week at a time, I would be like, they can't help the 2018 Blue Jays. They might help the 2019 Blue Jays. I've moved past that now. It's a young man's game. It's a, it's a hitter's game. It's a fly ball hitter's game. It's guys who don't strike out like, like Guerrero. It's guys who can, who can knuckle up and hit everything out like, I, like Bichette looks like he might be able to be. With Niget- and then since they, as they don't look overmatched by, by, uh, by more advanced pitching, why the fuck not? So yep. don't, don't worry about Guerrero having to replace Donaldson. Think about how Guerrero and Bichette can complement Donaldson. And I think you got a decent, I think that that, that 2018 18 team, if those two guys, that's a big if, but there's a chance that they could help that team be good, and nobody's going to help it be good more than Josh Donaldson. Yeah. That's my, that's my lukewarm take of the day. No, I think you're right. And I, I mean, I wrote about Estrada uh, signing and what that means about 2018 because people do have these reservations still or did at least until the, the Estrada thing happened that it's like, yeah, they're saying they're trying to tell people they'll be competitive, but, you know, they're probably going to have to look at trading Donaldson. And I, yeah, I think the, I think that's a pretty strong signal, even though it's a contract that and somebody told me on Twitter, you know, any team would would sign Estrada to that deal. You know, it's like Dickie with the with the Braves kind of a thing where, you know, even a even a team that's intentionally trying to be bad needs players, and and uh, but I don't think that's what what's going on, and I think a lot of it probably does have to do with what you're saying about Shet and Guerrero, and it is a young man's game, and and the you know, uh, Osuna, Sanchez, Stroman, I think Travis and Pilar as well are all under contract until through the end of 2020, so that's you know if if Vlad and Bo come up in the middle of this season or the middle of the 2018 season, uh, even at the end, I mean that's two full years with. Those two with Sanchez, Stroman, and, and Osuna. And, you know, if you look at the way the money works, with the Martin deal starting to fall away, with the Tulo deal starting to fall away, you can even you can even squint and see how they would be able to, to keep Donaldson. I, I don't know if that's a thing that they're going to do. I think that's a thing that they probably should do. I, I mean, you just... You don't get those guys very often, and as much as, you know, he yeah, he's going to be 31, but that, or he is 31 and is going to be 32 next season, and he's going to be 33 in his walk season. Uh, that, I think, is maybe all the more reason to explore making, you know, making a deal with him this year. I don't know if he's going to be amenable to that. Uh, and so that is, as you say, it is, it's going to be out there all year. I think we're going to hear a lot of rumors because of it. I think we're going to hear the Jays... Uh, at the very least, gauging what the market for him is because they they know that if things aren't going well next July, that that they're going to have to really explore what they can get and, and they can jump that uh, jump that queue a little bit uh, by by you know engaging in teams a little bit on him this uh, winter perhaps. Uh, but yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, I, I hope it's not ridiculous optimism and and it, it is kind of looking at the Blue Jays in a vacuum and not looking at. You know the monsters in the, in the you know other cities in the division perhaps because those are going to be tough teams uh, to beat at least on paper. I think going forward the Red Sox uh, especially, but the Yankees have a lot of good things coming as well. Like this isn't uh, this isn't their finished product either. Um, but yeah, it's I, I think and I think you're right about complimenting too. You get to get you get half a year out of Kendrys and then you cut bait on the rest of that contract with you know. 15, 16 million dollars left because I think his last year is uh, uh, is, is 
13 or 12 million. I don't know what, what exactly it is. Uh, and if that doesn't work out, you know, somebody can DH. You'll be able to find a way to make uh, to make Guerrero and Bichette uh, useful pieces on this team. Bichette perhaps especially because of his defensive versatility. But Vlad even now still, I mean, you could stick him in a corner outfield spot, I'm sure. Uh, which is probably where he's going to end up anyway, if not first base or DH. Uh, yeah, and uh, I I love the idea, like you say, that it's a young man's game, that it's something that, uh, uh, the, you know, just let it, let them go. If they're ready, let them go. Okay, that's it. Apologies, we had a little bit of a technical malfunction here at the end of the recording. Some computer problems on my part uh, that resulted in the last few minutes, mostly rambling, which is not unlike the first, I don't know, 45 minutes. Uh, but a few minutes got cut off, so unfortunately, this is the the send off. This is the uh, the the coda to this week's edition of Birds All Day. We want to thank everyone for listening, and of course, uh, if you're coming to us late in the game, don't be afraid to head over to Patreon.com/slash/BirdsAllDay and uh, and support the podcast. Keep us going. Keep us. Uh, what do I always say? Living in the style to which we've grown accustomed. I'll support the content that you value, uh, and uh, and another way to support us is of course is subscribing. Uh, on iTunes or on SoundCloud.com slash BirdsAllDay or, uh, or offering a rating and a review uh, at iTunes, which helped us out in ways um, that I am not exactly sure about. It moves us up, keeps us prominent, and lets us attract uh, hopefully new listeners, people who uh, value and like the way that we look at the team and the way that we always agree, because that apparently makes for good radio. I don't know. It's not radio. We're just uh, doing our thing. But anyway... Uh, Stoughton, who is uh, at the on the ones and twos and stitching all this together, as I had to um, uh, do some. What's the word? Forensic engineering is maybe how I would describe the extraction <clears throat> of the first uh, forty-five minutes of this week's episode. You'll probably notice a difference in, in the fidelity, the audio fidelity, from now till then. Uh, but anyway, this is it. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week uh, when we'll probably talk about. The last game that Jose Bautista ever plays for the Blue Jays, which I think at by the time last week rolls around, will already be in the past. That's it. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day.